always been a hopeless romantic But don't panic I was never really so frantic That I'd ever settle for a ratchet Catch it, I'm after more goals than a hat trick Backflip, stare at the picture like Where am I missing right? There is this wizard Pass your head to the distance Unfair how I'm sitting prepared for a missus Doing stare with my ribbons but they barely a listen What's up precious? I like your necklace I'm kinda reckless but my mic's the freshest Peeped you from afar, I need you in my car You're much deeper than those see-through seagulls at the bar We should look at stars, oh man that's outdated I'm outdated, no plan about Face it, how faded are the chicks in here? Who knows? I won't be picked. I fear to the future, Mrs. Young. I'll make sure that this is sung for you. For you. To the future, Mrs. Young. I'll make sure I get this done for you. For you. To the future, Mrs. Young. I'll make sure that this is sung for you. Yes, I see you. How about a redo? Treat you right, take you out to eat too. I'm joking, that was so cliche. Air filler, you know we say. I know you dealt with depression. Let me help your expression. With the last time you were felt is the question. Not physically, I mean deep in your heart. You're so far, I'm tired of sleeping apart I wanna get you through this, just let me try The sound of your voice is what get me by Been through a lot of heartbreak with you every part Make me feel a little hope and you let me guard break down And I'm trusting you to be committed As I will, can't you see we did it? When I look into your eyes, I see right through To your soul and there ain't no one who gets me like you You're so perfect You're so perfect to the future, Mrs. Young, I'll make sure that this is sung for you. For you. To the future, Mrs. Young, I'll make sure I get this done for you. For you. To the future, Mrs. Young, I'll make sure that this is sung for you. For you. To the future, Mrs. Young, I'll make sure I get this done for you. What other show gives you zongs every week? None give you zongs because I invented zongs. <laughs> this is Zero Grav of the Life in Zero Gravity Godcast. You know what it is. You've listened. You've probably heard a couple episodes by now. You better have heard more than a couple, honestly. I'm going to be a little disappointed if you haven't. First things first, man. First things first. First things first. <laughs> my good friend, my great friend, oh my, is okay. I'm so glad, man. I've been worried about him for a while, and I'm so glad he's okay. I didn't have a way to reach him or anything. I'm not going to put all the details out there, but I heard from him finally, and I'm so glad, man. That shit made my week. It really made my week. 
I was having a rough day and, and I heard from him and I was like, man, at least that's okay. You know, at least he's okay. That totally changed my mood. So I'm so glad about that, you know, man. And I just sending positive energy to him and his family. 2020 has sucked enough. We didn't need more, you know. So I'm so I'm very thankful that Oh My is all right. And man, I, I'm just that really was such a great thing to hear, you know. I'm trying to add more segments to this show. <laughs> I wasn't even planning on saying segments, but it just, it came out naturally. So I, I'm I'm looking to like change up the format a bit, you know, trying to try some different shit and see what's up. You know, we got a, there, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here and we, I try to bring a variety. I don't know. You know, I had to think about it. I was talking to uh, Harmony Politics this weekend. I was talking to, well, I should say B of Harmony Politics and I was talking to her about marketing and I thought, you know, what is my target audience? Honestly, because everybody's welcome here. Everyone's welcome at Life in Zero Gravity. Everybody can get some of this. <laughs> but honestly, like I, I I like this show to be a variety show that anybody could really enjoy. But at the same time, I'd say more likely to appeal appeal to people my age, around my age. You know, I just think, you know, just kind of makes sense. But I'm not really looking to target males or females. So far, it has been a sausage fest in the listenership. It is mostly men. <laughs> but I would love for more ladies to listen. You know, uh, it would be great to hear from more ladies. But I do appreciate the audience that we have. So I'm not trying to diss or anything. I'm just, you know, kind of don't want it to be a sausage fest. <laughs> so ladies, if you care to tune in, I would greatly appreciate you tuning into the show. Um, if you have any topics that you'd like to hear on here, feel free to fire away. And I will include, we will be as inclusive as we possibly can on this show. So feel, you know, feel welcome here. We, everybody's welcome everybody is like supposed to feel welcome here so i thank you for all your support and i'd actually like i would like to share your questions for the week i have people write in their questions if you're not following me on instagram it's it's at life in zero gravity like the number zero not the not it spelled out because somebody fucking took that, <laughs> but the number zero, the numeral. So let's see what we got here. Okay. Somebody asked me, how do I grow my followers? I have a decent amount of followers on Instagram. I have like 30, I haven't checked in a while, but I believe it's like 30, 30 something thousand, which is probably more than the average person. Um, the way that I got my followers mostly was just, this is what I did for one. You actually have to think about your hashtags. Like that's one thing you got to think about, like how you, um, what you, who you're trying to reach in terms of marketing. So what are your interests? What is your page about? If you're looking to grow your page, what is the goal for that? What are you looking to attract? So for me, my page is was, it's mostly a music page. So I'm looking to attract people who are into that type of music. So a lot of times the way that I find people that might be interested, I go to the follower list of 
like some of my favorite artists and I interact with the followers on there and, you know, either I message them, I, I follow them or whatever, just people that seem appealing. And so they end up messaging me back or follow me back and it builds over time. It's very slow, but it's a very organic way to build. Um, and in ter- and in terms of like hashtags, if I put like hashtag music, <laughs> something as simple as that. Or one, one thing that I did, is I was like, huh, I wonder who's looking for new music. So I put a hashtag looking for new music and I looked through those people and whoever was looking for new music, I sent them my music because it's like, okay, this person's actively looking for new music. They might like to hear my stuff. So I'd send it to them. Um, and, you know, it's crazy because a lot of the most supportive people of my music have been from other countries or just from other areas like people that i don't really know like that so like shout out to bonehead bangers man he's he's been consistently one of the most uh supportive people of life in zero gravity of zero grab so i really appreciate his support and and honestly like i see a lot of people there's a lot of people from india watching my stories or or liking my posts or interacting with me so big ups to india (laughs) I appreciate you guys. Like, it's really, it's cool to even think of like reaching over there. So I'm very humbled by that and I appreciate you, but that's the type of stuff I do, um, to grow my followers. I have tried, I've paid like a little bit of money for promo. And honestly, I don't know. I think you have to spend a lot to really see the results of that. I think I spent like 20 bucks or something just to see what would happen on like a post. And it got, it got more likes than it normally would, you know, but I didn't notice like a, a big boost from it. So I think the people who are really gaining a lot from that are, um, the people that are dropping like thousands of dollars or whatever. So I don't think like the average person is going to be able to really benefit from that. Cause that's, that's something that I've definitely, I think we've all noticed that, social media has really gone like crazy with the algorithms these days. Like it's all about like, Oh, who can we get, you know, like who's going to see your post? And it'll be like a handful of people that actually see it, you know? So interact with people that are, that share your interests and look for people who are, who are open to what you're doing. Cause like I've sent, I've sent countless links to people and, and a lot of people don't even click the link cause they don't know who you are. They don't know anything about you. And that's not really the best approach. But at one point I was just kind of like, I'm just firing off shots everywhere and some are going to hit. <laughs> so I'd say just, just, uh, if you're looking to build, just like find somebody that, that maybe has, a like a larger base and, interact with their interact with them interact with their fans and try to build from there you know and just be yourself engage with people you know you got to engage with other people's posts if you want them to engage with you you got to share their stuff you got to like you know comment on their stuff like uh, just today okay i made a comment on on like a a pretty big page and they pinned my comment and it's been like a bunch of people like liking it or and commenting and all that. So little stuff like that, you just never know. Like I commented and I actually knew the person featured in the video. So they pinned the comment and there you go. Like I, I'm gaining followers from that. Just random things like that. I was like, hey, I know. I know who that is. 
simple as that. It was like this, it was just this boxing referee who I've actually talked to a couple of times. My favorite boxing referee, shout out to Steve Willis. If y'all don't know who that is, it's the guy that you see on the videos with like the very, uh, he's very enthusiastic. <laughs> the boxing referee who looks like he really loves his job. The one who like has these uh, reactions to fights that it's like a fan, you know, it's not what you normally see from a referee. A lot of times they're very stone faced, very serious. And he just kind of like, he's like, Oh damn, you hit him with that. <laughs> like you're going to let him do that to you. Like he has that type of reaction. Like the look on his face, like he looks like he's, he's shocked by what's happening every time. <laughs> And uh, he, he just has a great, you know, and and I'm not going to put his social media out there, but I have him on social media. I have him like on Facebook and on Instagram. I don't know if he wants people to know that where to find him on that because he kind of like changed his name. <laughs> but I talk to him sometimes and he's like he has a real good sense of humor and he's just a he's just a fun person. So, you know, little things like that. Like I just happened to know who that was. So it helped out. But but, you know, comment on a lot of times I've found. I've gotten a lot of uh, of an audience just by commenting some re- real shit on something, you know, <laughs> like one time I just kept it real about artistry on some post and like, you know, hundreds of people liked it. People were commenting and they were like, oh, I'm gonna check your stuff out now. Like that's that's how it goes. It's as simple as that. They're like, oh, yeah, now I want to see what you got to say because you you were ke- just keep it real. That's the main thing. Be true to your image be true to like what you believe in and that stuff will follow that's how i got a lot of my followers is just like people liking what i had to say you know and then people share it and it spreads from there but i'd say that's the most unless you have like thousands of dollars to spend i don't think you're gonna you're not gonna benefit much from actually spending money on promo you know like other than that I don't think you're going to, you're not going to make a bunch of money. You're not going to be able to generate a bunch of clicks by just dumping money into advertisements, unless your advertisements are very well focused, which a lot of times they're not going to be, you know? So that's what I'd say. Just stuff like that. Like just the, the, you got to keep it real with yourself. You got to keep it real with your fan base and, and give people something different. Give people something that's, uh, true to you you know you we're all individuals right so embrace your individuality and and that type of success will come to you you know at the end of the day like yeah everybody wants to ride the latest wave but that people are gonna those waves only last so long you gotta create your own waves you can't ride somebody else's wave because if you're riding someone else's wave they're already at the tip of it and that wave's already like coming down back into the ocean so <laughs> I just came up with that right now, but it makes sense if you think about it. So yeah, if you want to grow your followers, keep it real, find people who have, find like, um, like, I don't know, it depends what you're trying to do, but let's say you're doing modeling. So if there's a model that you like, that is maybe similar to you, like engage with their fan base engage with that model and i know people say oh you're poaching fans there's room for people to be fans of all types of things you know and that's probably the best way to find fans is that just like hey this person does kind of what i do so if they're fans like them they might like what i have going on and that that's the way i look at it so yeah 
that's that's like probably the best advice I could give you is just uh, just interact with like like minded individuals and it'll spread quicker than you think, you know. So let's see, what else do we have on the question game? <laughs> if I sent a picture of my hand, would that technically be me grabbing whatever? Yeah, technically you'd be grabbing air, I guess, or I don't know if it was just your hand, your hand could be on anything, right? If it was, yeah, I guess so. I like, I'm not sure what the, <laughs> I feel like that was just kind of a, a playing around question. So I, I, I don't know. I hope that answer suffices for you. <laughs> oh, and then one of my good friends who, actually is supposed to be on the show next week he asks what makes a good artist in your opinion ah that's a great question it's a tough question but it's a great question so in my opinion a great a good artist i guess it would kind of be some of the stuff i already talked about a good artist is somebody who is an innovator bringing something different to the game you know and this could be any type of art could be a, a movie director, like a game maker, <laughs> obviously a musician, uh, an artist like Kurt the Hero, the famed uh, Life in Zero Gravity guest. <laughs> so any, you know, physical artists, digital artists, like any of that, anybody that's that's originating and is keeping it real to their vision, I think that makes them a good artist. Like... And at the end of the day, it's so subjective. It's so funny because like back in the day, <laughs> if somebody didn't like some shit that I liked, like more when I was a kid, teenager, if somebody didn't like like music I liked, I was like, well, fuck them. Or not like that, like not that drastic, but it was like, well, I don't like their opinion, you know? And it's like, now I'm like, I don't really care what, what people like or dislike. If you're asking me what I think makes a good artist, that's what I think. Somebody else could have an entirely different view, you know, and that's fine. Honestly, there's no, it's, it's silly if you think about it, like there's no, um, universal, like we can make it as universal as we want. Like there's some people that most people respect as artists, but even then it's like somebody doesn't think they're a good artist. I mean, that's just their opinion, man. There's no, it's, it's not anything that like, is uh set in stone like if you do all of the above you are automatically a good artist you know it's like there's a lot of different ways and some people are good artists to some and not good artists to others that being said if you don't think zero grav is a good artist you can fuck off no, just... <laughs> but at the end of the day man it's just like just keep it keep it real <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, our opening theme, the opening song that I shared with you, wait, yeah, that's it for the questions. All right, let me clarify. <laughs> so the opening song I shared with you, yes, is about love, about finding the future Mrs. Young. And, um, I've thought that I found her a couple of times, but I don't know. I guess I haven't found her yet. But this ep- it sets up this episode nicely because this episode is mostly going to be about my girlfriend application. But before we get to that, 
something happened to me yesterday that I thought I'd share because it was kind of wild and um, <laughs> an interesting experience to say the least. Um, I do, I do a, a delivery service on the side. I don't really want to give them clout, so I'm not going to share which one it is, but I do a delivery service on the side. You know, one of those, one of the ones you order things from, <laughs> a delivery service you order things from. It's very vague, but it's vague on purpose. So this delivery service, I was, I pick up orders from Walmart a lot, right? That's part of like the delivery service. <laughs> so I've done, I don't know, man, like hundreds, probably hundreds of orders just at Walmart. You know, at least like a hundred, I'd say a lot of orders at Walmart. I'd say, I'd say hundreds more than likely. So there's been days where I've done, you know, like 10 in a day or something. So yeah, easily probably hundreds. But, um, so I'm doing this order. I pick up two orders from Walmart. I'm pulling out and I don't know if you guys know what a cart mule is. I didn't fucking know what it was until yesterday. Like I knew what it was, but I didn't know the name. It's that shit that pushes the shopping carts. It's like this electronic thing, you know, but somebody has to control it. So like I'm pulling out, I'm at a stop sign or I'm, a, I'm about to pull to the stop sign. And I see this cart mule and they see me and they stop. So I pull up to the stop sign to turn out of Walmart. Then the cart mule keeps going and it scrapes the side of my car. And instead of the operator of the cart mule saying, I'm sorry, or anything like that, he shouts at me, back up. <laughs> so I'm already kind of pissed. I'm like, what the fuck? And I don't think he realized that the cart mule is already up against my car. So it already fucking scratched it. So backing up or pulling forward is going to do the same shit. <laughs> it's already there. And he's not moving the fucking cart mule. So I'm like, well, what can I do? So I'm just like, I'm not going to back up because behind me is super crowded. There's all types of people. And it's like, why am I going to back up? If, if the result is going to be the same, if this thing is going to scratch my car either way, then like, why would I back up at this point? You know, why would I like back up instead of going forward to where I'm trying to go? So I don't think he, I don't think he got that. And, um, I pull forward and as I'm pulling forward, he's, he's saying some type of stuff to me. That's annoying. So I start moving the cart mule as I'm like, fuck this, like I move this shit out of the way. So I start moving it as I'm pulling off and he, um, and after I move it and I'm moving it in like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to inconvenience him at this point. I'll be honest. Cause I'm kind of pissed cause he's being an asshole and it's like, you just scratched my car and you're not, you know, like still haven't heard any type of apology or anything from you. <laughs> so I start driving off and he does like this belly laugh where he's like doubled over in laughter, like laughing at me. Like, and it's, he's not really laughing. He's just like making it look like, you know what I mean? He's like making fun of me basically. And so I get out at that point. I'm like, you know what? So I park, I get out, I walk over to him and I'm like, I should kick your fucking ass right now, but let's, let's, you're going to pay for this scratch. You know, you're going to pay. Cause he, he scratched like the side of my car, like pretty much the whole side had like a scratch running down it. And I don't like to be that type of person, but that laugh just set me off. You know, I'm like, 
no this is fucked up like you you're being an asshole about this like you made it so much worse for yourself because i would have just kind of let it go like whatever like it didn't do like a crazy amount of damage and it wasn't really i didn't know if it was worth the time but once he did that i was like oh no we're not just letting this go you know and he's you know he's being an asshole about it i said i should and i said a couple of times like you deserve your ass kicked but i'm not gonna do that it's not worth the consequences you know and he said oh is that a threat i'm like no it's actually not a threat because i'm not telling you i'm gonna kick your ass i'm saying that it's not worth the consequences to do so i'm not going to do that he said well, what if i said i want to shoot up this store would that be a threat and i'm like well i think people would look at that a little differently but it's st- technically not a threat if you don't say you're going to do it. (laughs) So, um, we go talk to the manager and he's still like chirping away, being an asshole. I'm like, I'd be surprised if they didn't do anything about this. Cause he was saying, you're wasting your time. They're not going to do anything. I'm like, I'd be surprised if they didn't. He said, why? Cause Walmart takes care of their employees. He's just being like such a dick, man. I really wanted to punch him in the face, (laughs) but I didn't. You know, he's lucky he didn't run into me from a couple, you know, maybe not a couple years ago, but me from like early 20s. I I don't know what I would have done because he was really being an asshole, you know, and I thought of like, I actually used to do that job, but I, we didn't have a cart mule. I used to have to, like when I worked at, I worked at Home Depot. It was my first job when I was like 18. I used to push carts collect all the carts and like put them in like a cart thing like a where they they were all collected in one place so i used to do that i used to work at home depot and do that so i get it it's not a fun job like i mean it's probably a whole lot easier if you have a fucking cart mule but (laughs) i was just like hey this is i know this is a shitty job he's like yeah it is so even if i get fired i'll just find something better i'm like all right man i don't know like he was just making it so much worse for himself. Like there's no need to do. And I never, he never once said like, sorry about that. My bad. Like, so I don't know. He needs to learn some type of lesson. I don't even know if I want him to get fired, but it might be a good wake up call for him. Cause he's just, you can't do shit. It's not about what you did. What you did is whatever. It's about how you react. You hit someone's car and then you shout at them. <laughs> hitting their car and then you are a fucking smart ass about it and i called him a smart ass he said oh thank you i was like it's not a compliment there's an emphasis on the ass you're not smart (laughs) so don't take it as a compliment he didn't know what to say to that but anyway (laughs) i digress man that guy was an asshole but uh we they filed a report and all that so i don't know what's gonna happen i don't want to it was just a report with the store not like a police report so i don't know they're i guess they'll probably pay to fix the damage or whatever but it was more the principle of it. It's like, you didn't have to take it that far, you know, and be an ass about it. <laughs> but sh- on a more positive note, shout out to Thrive After Sports, The Growler Hour, the aforementioned Harmony Politics, and Ring Talk. I'm actually going to be on Ring Talk this week, so check that out. Um, actually, we're going to be live. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be live on the radio on the, um, so yeah if you live in the san francisco bay area we're on the sports byline broadcast network check us out but yeah i'll be live on ring talk today so 
looking forward to that. Shout out to all my supporters and all the people that I've collaborated with on this podcast. I really appreciate you. We need more female listeners, so this episode may or may not help because this episode is about what I look for in a woman. <laughs> so depending on if I come across as a complete asshole, this could hurt or help the co- hurt or help the cause. And um, next, I'm gonna have a clip for you from stand up. I I was a stand up comedian a couple years ago. And uh, this clip is from six years ago. I'm going to play it for you in a second. And uh, <laughs> after our little break that we're going to have. Uh, yeah. And I this clip will probably not help my dating odds. But I, I just want it, it's a funny clip. And, you know, I, I wanted to give people like who haven't heard my stand up a little insight into what I used to do. <laughs> so enjoy. Different from my pictures? Like, bitch, we both know the answer to that. 
just like I ordered a small drink and they brought me a large, I didn't order a super-sized dish. But, but I know, I know where it is. So now they say, oh, it was fine when someone talking about having a baby-sized dish, but that gets a oh. <laughs> But I know some of you might not understand the supersized reference because we know we're in hippie town and everyone eats all healthy. So um, basically, I, it was it would have been like if I ordered a tall and got a grande, or actually more like I ordered a venti and got a trenta. Like this was, this was large. <laughs> but somehow these girls hide it, you know. They're like masters of camera tricks and shit. Like, like David Blaine and Chris Angel are sitting back like, how the fuck did she do this? She's like, it's a miracle. <laughs> but I don't know, it's, it's crazy, you know? She, and I guess I should have taken a hint from her profile because it said more to love. When I, when I met her, I was thinking it's more like too much to love. Too much cushion to push. But... Um, <laughs> Some of my friends can't, they, you know, they complain they can't get, they can't get any pull with the ladies, they can't pull any ladies. Well, I tell them, hey man, she's ready, willing, and able. All you need is a tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she said she had curves, so I was expecting this type of body type, you know, like, you know, like the curves, I messed that up a little bit. I guess her, her definition of curves was literally two curves, like one on this side and one on this side. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the hourglass, it was like the, the clock. She's going for the clock look, I guess. <laughs> but that's better than, you know, it's better than some women out there who, I have to say, I mean, I shouldn't laugh, it's a serious medical condition, you know. But their ass literally goes inwards. The convex ass that goes inside their body. I forget what you call that. It starts with a C. Caucasian, that's what it was. Thank you, like my son. Alright, My apologies for the audio quality on that. It was uh, recorded. I think that was recorded on a phone, but you could still get the idea. Like, you know, the, I think the crowd responded pretty well to those jokes. I could sense a little awkwardness, <laughs> but I wanted to play this next. I actually recorded a little more, you know, somebody was having a conversation with me after you can probably kind of hear it after the set and they really liked the set. So they came up to me and were talking to me about it. So I captured that. I don't want to be rude and like mess with my phone. But um, if you hear the next part, <laughs> the comedian after me doesn't seem like she was too big of a fan of my set. I, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but um, take a listen for yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, just love for Janine Montelano.
yikes. <laughs> she took a little shot there. Um, but man, no, I, I want to clear that up. Okay. I'm not that damn superficial. I'm really not. I'm not that superficial. Okay. Looks don't mean everything. They really don't. I've never dated strictly for looks at all. Like any of my girlfriends that I've had, I was attracted to them. Um, but I was, you know, it wasn't like I, w- I was never dating them only for their looks. And in fact, like the, my attraction to them grew over time. I was initially, you know, you initially someone catches your eye. You're like, oh, she's kind of cute. And then you start dating them. And uh, over time you get more and more attracted. There's one of my girlfriends where I was like kind of blown away by her beauty right away. <laughs> and, um, but other than that, it's always been like, they've been cute to me. And, and then I really liked their personality and thought their personality was really cool. And then I, that made me more sexually attracted to them. You know, other than the one that I'm talking about where I was just like, oh my God, this girl was just beautiful. You know, I've only had like five girlfriends, I think, as I've mentioned. But other than that, I mean, some of them grew beautiful to me over time, but it was because of their soul. They had beautiful souls or so I thought, you know, and um, that was more what what made me like really like view them that way, you know. So that's the first thing. I just want to set that off because hearing my stand up where I'm fucking around, you got to realize like a lot of people don't understand stand up is kind of a character thing. I'm not that much of an asshole where I'm just like judging girls for their looks or their size or all that. But you know, like I, you know, I, I keep myself in reasonable shape. So I don't think it's unreasonable for somebody to keep themselves in reasonable shape too, you know? I'm not, they don't have to be super skinny or anything. Like I'm definitely not asking for that. You know, I do think attraction matters. Like attraction is important. Physical attraction matters. Like I have to be attracted to your face. Like I'm not asking for a 10 out of 10 beauty, but I don't think being attracted to someone's face is unreasonable. You know, I think I got, if especially like, I guess the way I'm looking at it. Okay. If I'm really looking to date you, looking for you to be like my girlfriend, this is the way I date, okay? If I'm even deciding to make you my girlfriend, I'm taking you very seriously. So if I'm already at that point with you, then it's somebody that I'm that I can see myself with long term. And I think that's part of seeing yourself with someone long term is like if you're attracted to them. If you have that physical attraction to them, it is key. It's not, it's not something that is like, certainly not the most important thing, you know, cause there's plenty of physically attractive people that you don't click with at all, you know, that are like, yeah, you, you look great, but we, <laughs> I kind of fucking hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there are people like that or, you know, it's like, I just, I do not click with you at all. I'm not feeling your personality at all. Like that's, there's plenty of like very attractive people like that. So don't get me wrong. Like I'm certainly not saying that that's what matters because it's not. But at the same time, I think like if you don't have some level of physical attraction, then it's more of like a friend type thing. Cause that's what separates it really. I think 
you know, at the end of the day is like between friendship and relationships, it's like a sexual attraction, like an attraction to this person where you want to be intimate with them. So for me, at least it's like, there does have to be that level, you know? And, um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not looking for like a 10 out of 10 beauty. Like if you find that great, but I'm not necessarily looking for that. Cause honestly, like not to, not to stereotype, but 10 out of 10 beauties, a lot of times we don't have to develop our personality. Not <laughs> a lot of times 10 out of 10 beauties, I feel like don't have to develop their personality as much because everyone's kissing their ass all the time. So they're not, um, used to anyone turning them down or they're not used to anyone like they're not used to the hardships of life as much so they they don't they're not necessarily going to appreciate things the same way that another person would because fucking people are throwing themselves at them left and right you know like and i mean you know i i'm a confident person like i i don't think i'm a bad looking person in fact, I'll I'll just be honest. I'm a good-looking person. <laughs> I'm a good-looking man. I'm a handsome man. <laughs> People don't like to hear you say stuff like that, but I I feel that way. Like I feel, you know, and I've I mean I've gotten a lot of re-encouragement from women. So thank you, ladies. <laughs> they like my voice. Some some women have said my voice is sexy. So if you enjoy listening to my voice, make sure you tune in to these episodes. But, but, um, you know, I've, a lot of women find me very attractive physically. So, I mean, I think that, I think that I am somebody who stands out physically. I mean, I'm taller than most guys, I'm about six, three, you know, green eyes can grow a full beard. Not every man can grow a full beard, you know, <laughs> have a nice smile um, very defined eyebrows. (laughs) So I don't know, like, uh, I think I appeal, oh, and I'm, you know, skinny, good shape, you know? So I think I appeal to a broad variety of women, you know? And, and I would date any women, you know, any like race, ethnicity, you know, I'm not, I'm not that, I, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that some people won't. And th- let me tell you, this is one question that, that people have asked. Guys have asked me, what's it like to date a black girl? Cause I've, I've mostly dated black women. Mostly. Like I've dated black women, Latina women. That's mostly what I've dated, but m- more black women than Latina women. So, um, when people ask that, they're like, what's it like to date a black woman? I don't even know how the fuck to answer that. Cause it's like, it's not any, it's not like there's some difference between dating, an automatic difference between dating black women and other women. I'm not going to stereotype and shit. I could say, I don't know, man. It's like dating women. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's not just, I mean, me and black women click. We have clicked. And, you know, I think part of it is like, um, just like, growing up where I grew up, I was around more black and Latina women. So I was more comfortable around them, you know, 
with white women, th- this episode is going to piss some people off. So my apologies on that. With white women, um, there's like a 50-50 chance they're going to be a Republican. And I don't want to be one of these people that's totally closed-minded or like dating people that don't align with me politically. But like a lot of times I don't necessarily click with uh, Republican women, you know, coming across them. <laughs> uh, one threatened to shoot me in the back of the head. I wish this was open carry state so I could shoot you in the back of the head. Like, okay. Um, I don't know why you're doing this just because I said I wasn't going to vote for Trump, but all right. <laughs> Literally that happened. So uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, that's just uh, like, and then part of it is like, uh, I'm not that narcissistic where I want to date somebody that looks just like me. You ever see those couples where it's like, they look like brother and sister or some shit. Like that shit is always weird to me. So I wouldn't want to date. I don't have any sisters. I wouldn't want to date somebody that looked like my sister. And as I said, I, I'm a good looking man. I'm not looking to find that in a woman. Like, oh, I want a woman that looks just like me, especially if they have a beard. I mean, that wouldn't really. And and they have like a dick. Like, no, nah, just like, <laughs> uh, no. Nah, but uh, if they have a beard, it's not necessarily my thing. Like, if you like to date bearded women, that's cool. But like. I don't know. It just doesn't necessarily appeal to me, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I would date, obviously I date white girls, but I'm just saying like, um, that's part of the trepidation. And then like talking to them from my experience, they've said some, they've said some stupid shit like that. Not, and, and again, this is just my experience and not saying all white girls, but they'll say some stupid shit sometimes. Like one of them, like, I guess got mad at one of my friends and this is like way back like I think I dated her like I don't even count this as dating her because it was so long ago it was somebody that I dated in junior high but like in high school she got into like an altercation with not altercation I guess a disagreement with one of my friends and she was telling me tell your friend to go back across the border it's stupid shit like that and I don't usually run into that with like black women or even like Latina women like just saying shit like that or one girl she said something about like she used the n-word in like a very negative way and then she like looked at me and was like oh i'm sorry i forgot your daughter and i was like i'm not offended because my daughter's black i'm offended because it's fucking offensive <laughs> like your she was i forgot what she said but it was something like about she used the n-word in a negative way you know, it wasn't like uh, she was quoting rap lyrics or whatever excuse people try to say. And I was just like, um, yeah, totally killed any interest I had in that girl, you know. And when I say date, this isn't relationships. This is literally just like you hang out with people, you get to know them. It doesn't even have to be anything physical. So I never did anything physical with that girl. But yeah, so for her to do that was just... Whew. I don't know. I've just had like those type of experiences with like white women. I guess she was like white and Mexican or, you know, white and Latina. So there's white Mexicans. That's what people don't realize, but this is there's white Mexicans, black Mexicans, all types of Mexicans. It's not just like, I think when people think of Mexicans, they're like only thinking of Brown Mexicans. And it's like, there's a lot of different people in Mexico. It's like any other country, you know, <laughs> that's something we kind of got to break. And anyway, like a lot of, 
Mexicans are mixed with like, you know, white and uh like Aztec blood, you know, and and all of that. So, um Mayan blood. So at the end of the day, like that's something that people don't think about with Latinos. It's like we, we I think people classify them as like only like the brown people in that country. It's like there's Afro Latinos, there's white Latinos, like you know, you can't tell me Canelo Alvarez doesn't have like <laughs> a lot of white in him <laughs> that motherfucker looks whiter than me <laughs> but anyway we're getting way off the subject this is about relationships this is about seeking a ship so <laughs> i would date white mexicans or black mexicans or brown mexicans or asian mexicans any type of mexicans i don't i don't care no i would date any I would date. I don't have those like barriers up where I'm like, oh, well, I wouldn't date them, you know, because of this. And that's just my thing. So, any ladies out there, keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, I love curves. Love, love, love curves. I mean, that's like the woman. That's the womanly figure. That's like, I don't know, man. Just like just curves do something to me. When I see when I see like a girl with curves, it's just like, oh my god! It's uh, I I literally usually say that, oh my god, you know, like damn, <laughs> I say that sometimes audibly, sometimes to myself, <laughs> but I it's usually my reaction, oh my god, like damn. So um, I don't necessarily need tickle bitties, like I you know I'm more. I'm what you call, I like the booty. I'm an ass man. I like a girl with a nice butt. That's what I'm into. Um, so if I'm looking for like a life partner, yeah, I'd like a girl that had a nice butt. Like, I'm, I don't think that's being, I'm not asking for like the nicest butt in the world, the biggest butt in the world, but I like big butts. Like, and um, that's, that is sexually attractive to me, you know? And obviously like I'm only human. Like I like, of course, like, that's a benefit. That's like a plus if a girl has like big titties to me, but I'm not like looking for a girl. Like I'm not going to not date a girl cause she doesn't have big titties or a big butt for that matter. But I'm just saying like, if we're really talking about like lifelong partner, like I would definitely would like her to have like a nice butt because that's something that I have to, <laughs> that's something that I'm committing myself to <laughs> long term that butt so you know it's got to be something that i'm super um attracted to you know and uh <laughs> that's that's like my like i think thighs are super underrated you know like people don't like a girl with nice thighs nice legs like that's that all goes together i like I like thick thighs i love that i love thick thighs and a big butt you know or just a nice butt you know, love that. Love it. <laughs> that's like my, that's like my kryptonite now, nah, but for real, that's like, that's what I like. Um, and as far as like breast size, it really doesn't matter. Like to me, like any night, just a nice shape is cool. Like it could be a cups, B cups, double D's, like whatever. Like I'm, I'm with it. But, you know, if I'm talking about a long-term partner, yeah, it would be great for her to have, like, a nice butt. Uh, I'm very giving in the bedroom. And I want that in return. Like, I'll go. I enjoy going down on women. 
you know, well, women that I'm really into, I, you know, like a girlfriend, obviously, or even just somebody that I'm dating that I really like, like, yeah, like I love, like I enjoy it. It's fun for me. So, but I, I'm not going to lie. I like to get head too. So it's like, I like to give head, like to get head, like I like both. And I, if, if I'm giving you head all the time, like, I kind of think it's fair for you to get, break me off some, <laughs> you know, and that's something that I, you know, I'm not going to lie. That's something that I think if you're talking long-term relationship, that is definitely something that I, I want is like a girl that is uh, willing to like give head and get head, you know, receive head. Like that's definitely like something that is important to me sexually, you know, cause it's, it's that, adds a lot to it all that foreplay and all that so i'm i'm never a one minute man this isn't just some dumb flex like i have control so i can go as long as i need to so please keep up please you know uh that's important too like somebody that's compatible sexually because not everybody can handle like my sexuality you know and um I don't know. I need a girl that, that can handle that, you know? So that's something that's important, but honestly, all of this, the much more important part is personality. And I know, I know I'm gonna sound soft, sound like a simp. No, I know it's going to sound kind of ridiculous at this point after everything I've said, but I'm just setting the stage because this pay attention. This is the real important shit. All that physical shit that matters and I and I'd like to find that in somebody, but even if they had that, if they didn't click with me on a personal personality level, then it's not going to work long term. So, that being said, what's really important to me is like how you treat me. I want someone who treats me like I treat them. It's as simple as that. Like for real. Like I've had that for like spots i've had that bits and pieces of like you know where they treat me like i treat them but i haven't i don't know like it it's it's been temporary obviously or i'd still be in a relationship now (laughs) so i'm looking for somebody who who will treat me like i treat them don't cheat don't cheat don't cheat don't know how many times i have to say it do not cheat on me i can't take that shit anymore man have been cheated on in the past and it's a horrible feeling. Anybody who has been cheated on can tell you that it's not a good feeling. And, you know, especially like if you're really committed to someone giving your all to them and then they turn around and do that to you is horrible. So it's like one of the worst feelings I've ever felt. So for real, ladies, 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 just break up with me just break up with me. It makes it so much easier. If you're really not feeling me like that, just break up with me. Don't cheat on me. And don't let me be the one that catches you cheating. Please, man. Because I already got senses. Like, I could could tell when something's off. Like, there's a girl I dated, call her eight at night. She didn't pick up, never called back. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep. That's fucking sus. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like most people don't fall asleep at eight and you know what? She was out cheating. That's what she was doing. 
That's why she didn't pick up her phone. Found out later she she confessed it and was like crying about it. But it's like I already kind of knew. I'm like, that's sus. Like, who doesn't pick up their phone at eight at night, you know, and is like supposedly asleep. That's weird. So please, please, please just don't cheat. Just break up. Do the right thing. It's not that hard. Like, don't try to have your cake and eat it too. It's fucked up. It's like a really fucked up thing to put somebody through, you know? And um, I'm not going to cheat, so don't cheat. <laughs> even if, you know, and that's not, that's like the only excuse for cheating is if someone cheats on you. And even then, I'm like, you should probably just end it if you find out they cheat. Like, don't just go cheat on them because they cheated. Like, then you're just creating more toxicity. So, yeah. <laughs> communication is so important it's cliche but true man like communication is is key like you really got to be able to open up to each other and be honest with each other and just be on the same page about shit like otherwise it's not going to work you have to be able to be on the same page you have to be able to communicate you know and listen to each other and really put yourself in the other person's shoes which i've done well at overall but there's definitely been times i have not done that the best you know so that's something that i i think that's something that i've kind of fixed now i'm like oh yeah you know what i gotta think about that i gotta really put myself in their shoes and think like how i'm making them feel because i don't want to do that to anybody you know i don't want to make anybody feel like I don't care or anything. Cause I care so much, man. You have no idea if I'm really into somebody I'm all in, like I will not give up on you. So I'm looking for that. I want somebody who won't give up on me. I'll never quit on you. So don't quit on me. I'm very honest, like overly honest. So please just tell me the truth. I said it before. I'll say it again. Just tell me the truth, man. Just tell me the truth obviously like sense of humor and all that matters like we gotta be able to click on that level we gotta have like similar goals and things like that but at the end of the day if we care about each other if we support each other that's the most important thing so let's just let's not do each other wrong let's let's just treat each other how let's treat each other the same with the same level of respect and just do the best we can you know like I'm not going to be perfect, you won't be perfect, but just ex- but don't 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 like expect me to be perfect if you're not perfect at the same time. It's like if you ha- if you have like things you're working through and I'm willing to forgive that in you and work with you on that and look past that and and embrace you, then just do the same for me, man, cuz I'm I know I'm not perfect. I know that I try really hard. I know that I'll do anything for a woman I love, you know, I know I'm not perfect, but I know that much. And by not perfect, I just mean like, I have, I have emotional issues I've worked through, like mostly just with like my childhood and trying to resolve that. And, you know, it's spilled over into like how I treat my daughter, which is just like, I feel like I have to spend every waking moment with her or I did for a while. And then I realized like, you know what? I don't need to do that. Like that's not even really healthy. And it, it isn't, it, it isn't beneficial to a romantic relationship. If like you're, if you're not able to balance the two, you know? So that's something that I realized I needed to change and I, and I have changed that, you know? So in the future, that shouldn't be a problem for me, but it is something that, um, I understand and 
I know my flaws and I work on my flaws, but at the end of the day, I feel like I'm, I'm a good person, man. I'm not, I don't do people wrong. I don't even like, I don't say negative things about people unless they are coming at me, you know? And even then it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do that a hundred percent of the time. So I know this is repetitive, but how you treat me is the most important thing to me for real. That's it's as simple as that. I've never done any of my girlfriends wrong. Ask any of them, never done them wrong like that. I've always been the one that, that was like fight for them through thick and thin and, you know, I, I never, I've, I've never like intentionally done some shit to hurt a girl. Like I'm just going to do this to hurt her or, you know, or even did something where it's like, I know this will hurt her, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like I've never done that. Like I've always been very caring and very um, loving and willing to do anything. Like I said, and, um, I don't know. I, I always feel misunderstood. I think people think that I don't care as much as I really do or so, which is really weird because it's like, I feel like I make it very clear, but you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. A lot of times we just don't, there's just like little things that don't necessarily click about two people and it ends up pushing them apart and it sucks, but that's how it goes sometimes and who knows i mean i don't know I, I just there's all types of different ways people can reconnect and things happen and i don't know i don't close too many doors unless i'm with uh, obviously if i'm like locked into a relationship then every door is closed but that door but you know if a relationship ends i i don't necessarily think like it's over forever or that it can never work or you know so i keep my mind open but at the same time i'm like I really, the idea of starting fresh with somebody sounds great. Like I'd really love to start fresh with somebody who really is feeling me like I'm feeling them and just taking it from there and building together, you know, and making each other happy. So I'd love to be able to do that, you know, and I'm, and I, I can't wait till the day that I can. I have the, I have the biggest heart of anyone I know, man. And, um, I don't know. It's like, I, I just gotta, I gotta be myself. But one thing that I've realized, and it's not like I don't have this side of me, but I love to please the women that I'm with or the woman that I'm with, I should say, whichever woman that is, I love to please her and I'll do anything for her, which a lot of times makes me come across as like, as a uh, weak or something or submissive. And it's like, I'm not at all. Like I'm a very strong person. And I'm not afraid of anybody or anything. And I think this is kind of like the missing puzzle piece that I've realized that I was missing is just like stepping up and really going after what I want and being assertive and being the man that I am. Cause I'm an intelligent person. I can make the right choice. I can lead us, baby. I can lead us into prosperity, you know, together. So and that's what I need. That's what I want to do. That's what I need to do. And I don't know. I guess it's like this year has really shown me that I'm like, I got great instincts. It's like I give people the benefit of the doubt, but I got great instincts and I know what's really going on and I know how to respond to it and how to adapt to it. So I'm really grateful for that. And I, you know, I, um, I'm glad to build 
And that's what I am looking to do, building with people who treat me right, that I treat right. And I'm, I'm really thankful for everything that this year has shown me. And um, yeah, man, it's been it's been tough, but I really have come out of it. I feel like the best version of myself and my path feels more clear than ever. I just want to find a queen and lead us on a on a path of prosperity and just be the best man I can be for that woman. That's really what I want as a romantic at the end of the day. So all that shit with the physical stuff. Yes, I want somebody I'm physically attracted to, but at the end of the day, it's about your soul, baby girl, and that's what I want more than anything. It's just somebody that has a soul as pure as mine that we can just be totally honest with each other and and just build a, a great bond, you know? And that's hard to find in 2020. It's very hard. Not a lot of people are are doing that anymore, but I still have hope and I still feel like I can find something like that. I still believe that connection is out there. So, I mean, ladies, contact me if you're interested. I'd love to, we can, you know, I've taken it very slow and we can just vibe and see where everything goes. I love just making connections and seeing where they go, you know, and, but at the end of the day, I want to find that special connection. So, much love to everybody out there and i hope to find that very special love with this i just want to do special things with a special person man i love those romantic things just going out together so hope to find that maybe this episode will help This is a special edition of KZRO Sports for multiple reasons. First things first, Lakers 2020 NBA champions. There's much more on that later. (laughs) But man, I'm ecstatic. I still can't believe it. It's still kind of a dream, man. But this is a, a special edition. And there's plenty to talk about about the Lakers and the championship. But I wanted to share with y'all. I made my return to the national, international, actually, radio airwaves, terrestrial. The extraterrestrial appeared on your terrestrial radio airwaves. And I I just had to share it. It, It's great. And and I left a little extra on the clip because Pedro Fernandez, he really took me under his wing and showed me how to do this radio shit. And um, the very first program I appeared on was Ring Talk, which is just a great show. You can find it on all your streaming services. And if you live in the Bay Area, it's live in the Bay Area, as well as other areas. I believe Atlanta and and a bunch of other Germany, you know, Mexico, uh, Galveston, Texas, like random. It's in a bunch of different areas. I'm not, I don't know all the areas, but I know you can hear it on the Armed Forces Network and the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and all that. So, great show and if you want to tune in live it's on TuneIn, stitcher iHeartRadio, and all that every week every saturday sunday and he's been doing it forever just a great show and um yeah without further ado here is 
the clip from Ring Talk I was on today. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. Yeah. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history. Let's get him. Let's get him hard. Pedro Fernandez. Better grab me quick before my knees give way. Dames y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in San Francisco, California. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitative and never duplicated, my name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the longest-running fight show in history. 37-plus years now, I'm knocking out all bumps. Sit tight with me for now, and I think you'll figure out why. Open phone lines all around the planet. If you feel so, you want to be in uh, be part of the show, you can. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. The more popular way to get in contact with us during a live show is the studio text line. That number is one 415 Once again, the studio text line here for Ring Talk Live Worldwide, one 1613 Some results over the weekend of boxing, the Canuck. I'm talking about David Lemieux, now 44-4, and the former IBF middleweight champion, 160-pound champion, scored a fifth-round KO over a guy by the name of Francis Natu, came in at 17-3, and left it at 17-4. and Obviously, they brought this guy in because he couldn't punch his way out of a paper bag. I'm talking about four knockouts and 23 fights. It's come up 21 fights. Bottom line is he couldn't punch. They knew it. Perfect guy for the aggressive Lemieux. Of course, he pressed the action. The time was 158 of the fifth round. Now, undefeated NBA NABF heavyweight champion. I'm talking about Arzalek Magnamoth. 11-0, 11 whackouts. Needed 27 seconds to knock out a guy by the name of Dillian Carmen came in at 14 and 5. Unsurprisingly left at 14 and 6, but he had 13 KO so he could punch. A battle of punchers, but this guy like Flop quick, 27 seconds. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We're talking MMA unboxing for the next hour live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. More of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Hello, Joe! Puff Daddy. Doing his thing, of course, with Sting. The notorious B.I.G. Who killed him? People say Puff Daddy. <laughs> Weird, huh? You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look at the world of boxing and MMA. Speaking of MMA, of course, they're rocking and rolling. The USC's going in Dubai. They've got their little fight island thing over there, and I think it's sort of cool. And bottom line is, I'm still against the fact that they don't pay their fighters anything, but they have to report the results. Last night, Corey Sandhagen, pretty good-looking fighter, only beaten twice, and I think in 15 fights, took out Marlon Moraes and took him out with a spinning back kick. In other words, like you're looking at the guy, and then boom, you spin around, you kick him with a, a spinning... Your kick is spinning from behind. I mean, kid you not, it was like big corkscrew spin... Kicked him in the head, boom, knocked him out, and one jumped on him. It was all over. Bottom line is the time was one minute and three seconds around number two. Now, Corey's not a big name in the world of MMA, but he might be. Congratulations, Corey. 
We spoke to you earlier in the week and you were talking about arousal continuum and something we were talking about in commentary was your flow state. How long do you think it took before you got yourself into that flow state which delivered what we all saw before us? I've been here all week, man. I was, I was locked in all week. Uh, it's, it, there's a lot of distractions. The island is fun. The hotel was awesome, but I was locked in all week. I know I had a job here to do tonight. Um, or I guess this morning, but, uh, it was, it was all business when I was here. You know, Marais is a very serious competitor. I wasn't taking him lightly. I've always seen him as one of the best guys in the UFC, not even just in, in, in the division. So I was locked in all week, man. What was the point of difference? I mean, in the fight, it really looked like your movement was playing a, a big key in the finish. But talk to me about that. Um, he was swinging big. Uh, my, my eye vision is a little bit blurry. He, like, hit one of my eyes a little bit wonky, I think. Uh, but, uh, he was swinging big, but I, I was seeing everything, and that's when I knew I had it. You know, uh, I, I could just see everything. I was locked in, you know, like, um, I was locked in. Could you think of a time when you felt like that in the octagon before? Uh, almost every time that I win. <laughs> yeah, is that right? <laughs> almost every time so that I win. Very different to your last fight, though, where you just didn't yeah. quite feel yourself. Um... No, because I'll give Aljamain all, all the credit in the world. Uh, I, I felt like myself, but I didn't feel like the, the self that should have gone out and, and competed that night. So um, I made sure to, to work on that throughout this training camp. I made sure that I was locked in all week so that fight night it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a challenge to snap into that, that gear. And I snapped into the gear, you know, and that's what I can do. Is everything that you do, Corey, reactive, or do you guys set out a pretty decent strategic plan that you try and follow? I'm pretty free. You know, I'm pretty free. I didn't know how Marais was going to come out in this one. I didn't know. Uh, everyone talks about his gas tank. Um, that was definitely one thing where I was like, he's either going to come out hard or he's going to come out light. Um, he came out light. Uh, and uh, But other than that, man, I try to be as free as can be, you know, fighting without fighting. That, that's what I shoot for. And reiterate to us the, the call-outs of what you were saying when Dan asked you the question about who's next. You know, what's the thinking behind how everyone stacks up behind Piotr Yan? Cody's hurt, and he's fighting at 25. Um, TJ was a champ for a really long time. He's considered to be one of the best uh, uh, to be in this division ever. He comes back in January. Frankie's coming off a really impressive and, like, really great five-round fight with Pedro. Those are kind of the only two guys that are ahead of me other than Sterling. Um, and, uh, and, and I think Sterling deserves a shot. And after that, I want Jan, Jan or Sterling after there. Just daydream with me for a moment. <laughs> How does a matchup with you and Jan happen? I love it. I, th I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be the t most technical and definitely one of the best fights that this sport has ever seen. And I guess if you get it the other way with Aljamain Sterling, yeah. you fighters, I mean, it really kind of rubs on you the wrong way, doesn't it? I want that one back. I want <laughs> that one happens. back. It'll, it'll, it'll happen. You know, I want that one back. Um, I learned a lot from it. So uh, I have, I, I, I'm really grateful to him and, and, and to... Uh, and to the loss, I'm grateful for, for the experience of that, uh, but I want that one back because I learned. What's the celebration look like for you? Uh, I don't know. It's, what, 8 a.m. right now? Yeah, about that. I don't know. So we got all day. <laughs> we got all day. <laughs> well, I, I think it's good that you got all day because when you're counting 50 grand, it's going to take you a long yeah. time to count that. That's you, got, a, yeah. you got yourself a performance bonus as well, sir, on top of this wonderful opportunity. So uh, I guess that's a nice capstone to what's been a, a fantastic week for you. I would say so. <laughs> you go back to back home to the dogs now. Back to the dogs. Love it.
$1,000 bonus. You got to give me a break. Yeah, that's El Pimpo, Dana White, man. Of course, no fight of the night, per se. It wasn't really a fight of the night. It wasn't much talent on the card. I mean, when probably the best name on the card was Ben Rothwell. Of course, he was a heavyweight journeyman, lost to Marcin Tabira, unanimous not across the board. But, you know, I mean, he's lost like almost 20 fights. So outside of that, no big names on the card. The UFC is hurting for names. Therefore, we have to look to last week's card. Of course, I'm talking about the preacher's daughter. Yeah, rocking and rolling, baby. Coming back, showing that she's got true grit. I'm talking about Holly Holm. Not only was she beaten once, she was beaten twice. She's been beaten a few times in USC. She's been beaten severely. A couple of times, I said to myself, you know, maybe it's time for Holly just to walk away. And the fact that Holly is now 38 years old. I was doing her fights like 10 or 15 years ago in the pit in, San, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and those casinos all around there. Of course, she was the hottest star in boxing down there. She was hot. I mean, she would, they, they'd announce her card. Lady Fresco's would announce a card and he'd sell 1,500, 2,000 seats in a heartbeat. So people came out to see Holly Holm. She was the real deal as a boxer. Obviously, in the world of mixed martial arts, she trained to beat Ronda Rousey. And of course, when she beat Ronda Rousey down there in Australia in the biggest upset in women's MMA history, as far as the odds makers are concerned, um, she, like, it was history. And, of course, after that, she called her own shots and went after the Misha Tate fight, her and Lenny Fresquez. Lenny came on the show said he was going to call his own shots and not listen to Dana White. And, of course, he took the Misha Tate fight and they lost. And, of course, the the rematch with Ronda Rousey for a b- 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 billions of cars, not billions, but millions of dollars, that never took place. So Holly Holm missed out on that, maybe because of the zeal of her promoter. I'm talking about Lenny Fresquez. Just wanted to buck the trend of, of Dana White. I mean, you just don't – Dana – you just want to go again. Dana's grading. You just want to go again. Oh, Dana says yes. You want to say no. It's just Dana's just one of those guys you just want to be against all the time. Anyway, Holly Holm lit up Irene Aldana for five rounds. One judge had it by six points. If you went every round in a five-round fight, ten down, that's a five-point margin. In other words, fifty to forty-five. One judge scored it fifty to forty-four. The bottom line is Holly Holm is back, and Holly Holm she looked. I mean, she looked fantastic. Her boxing ability was just. Unparalleled. Ladies and gentlemen, Holly Holm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds of action, we go to the judges' scorecards. Here are the totals. 50-44, 50-45, and 50-45. All for your winner by unanimous decision, the preacher's daughter, Holly Holm. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with your winner, Holly Holm. Holly, that was a dominant performance, but you had to work hard to stay away from her. What was the game plan coming in? You know, she's a mover, just like me. So I just had to think about what I got to do to block if I was fighting myself a little bit, you know. Um, and really, I have nothing to do with this. My coach is <laughs> telling me what to do. Uh, it all comes down. I, I've said every fight, if I've ever lost, it's not because of the coaching. It's because of my performance. So uh, tonight we just kind of put the game plan together and was able to be victorious. And that was the game plan. Were there any variables, anything that surprised you about it? Well, we have a game plan for if it's here, do this. If it's here, do that. If it's here, do this. So there's some things that I need to work on, obviously. But I always say I like to learn from my wins and not from my losses because I learn each time. So So the goal is obviously to get back to the belt. You want that gold around your waist. What do you need to do to get there? Just keep working hard like I am. You know, when I first came into MMA, it was kind of like, you know, watch out for her boxing. And then... When I started throwing the kicks in their faces, they're like, watch out for her kicks. And then I start, you know, watch out for her clinch or, you know, my wrestling or, so when I came over to MMA, I didn't come to be a boxer in an MMA cage, you know, in an octagon. I came to be a mixed martial artist and it's taken time. I didn't start any grappling until like four weeks before my first fight in MMA. So I'm still very uh, green. I'm learning. So I just want to put it all together.
And have you got anybody in mind? Is there one person that you think could get you a title shot, or is it straight to the belt for you? I like to just let uh, the future fold out, you know. I have a great team around me that worries about that, and I just train. Congratulations on an excellent win. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to everyone at home. I know everybody always says that, but we couldn't be here without all your love and support. Love you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, the preacher's daughter, Holly Holm. True to her image, folks. Just like Andre Ward is true to the image, the son of God thing. Both those people are true to the image. I mean, they are. There's so many people that come out with these different nicknames and like, I'm God this and I'm God that. And they're doing cocaine at night and banging hookers and all that kind of good stuff. But the bottom line is those two people, I mean, Holly Holm and Andre Ward are really true to their their monikers, per se, the son of God and the preacher's daughter, the preacher's daughter, no doubt about that. Speaking of the preacher's daughter, she's ranked number two at 135 pounds, of course, in the USC. The number one contender is Jermaine Durandamy. Of course, she was a young lady that decided she was going to fight Chris Cyborg Santos, and she moved away from 145 pounds. She said, no, nah, I, I don't even want to take that fight. I'll retire. She was almost ready to retire, of course. Chris Cyborg Santos ended up losing to Amanda Nunes in a quick one-round knockout. I thought that was a bit of a burn because of the fact that, you know, I mean, they made that girl transfer. She she was losing weight. She comes down from 185 pounds. We're talking about Chris Cyborg Santos. Say she comes down from 180. Okay, so she's losing weight, and she's losing weight out of both ends of your body. That's the way you lose weight when you're cutting weight. You lose weight on both ends of your body. In other words, you sort of puke up a little bit, and you sort of like lose a lot through the rear end, okay? And, and liquids as well. Liquids weigh six pounds to the gallon. So you're losing this weight. She's dropping this weight, and then they tell her, like, six days before the fight, we're changing locations. We're going from Las Vegas to Los Angeles because the athletic commission here won't won't sanction John Jones to fight, and he's our main event. He's our light heavyweight champion. Of course, we're talking about steroids and John Jones, Flintstone vitamins. So they move the fight. Cyborg gets lit up like a White House Christmas tree in one round, and then what does Dana White do? He convinces her to take a fight against a girl that if she was going to win, it's an easy fight. Take the fight, uh, Chris, and we'll sign a new contract. We'll sit down and negotiate a new contract. So what happens? Chris takes the fight. She knocks the girl out. And what does Dana do? He cancels any negotiations. He never wants to sign her again. That's what he says. Of course, he once called her Anderson Silva in drag. Bottom line is, she's one hell of a fighter, and I would never, ever mess with One of the few women I would, I would mess with, Ronda Rousey, standing up. she gets you on the ground, she'll kill you. But Chris Cyborg Santos, no, no, it would be, I, I would say, no, you fight her for me. I'm not going to fight her. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Speaking of MMA, we'll go a little bit closer on the subject in this next segment as we bring in, of course, my former broadcast partner on No Holes Barred. I'm talking about Mr. Zach Attack Young. Coming up on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, what is hip to the break? With Pedro Fernandez. Was thinking about my boy Rick Stevens the other day. May he rest in peace. One of the greatest soul singers of all time, no doubt about that. Rick, when he would go out on stage, I used to introduce him to a lot of gigs. He would say to me, go out there and knock him dead, champ. 
Love, love Rick Stevens, Miss Rick Stevens. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it, your inside look in the world of boxing, MMA. Uh, I think in our next segment, I'm thinking about it right now, probably we're going to do something with Ali and Howard Cosell. Makes, makes for some warm stuff, some warm, warm. I think we need some warm stuff in this cold world right now. Anyway, we'll go Ali and Howard Cosell in segment four of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Now, we take it to Southern California, bringing in a guy that I have a tremendous amount of respect for, one of the great fathers in the world, and of course a decent radio guy as well. I'm talking about Zach Attack Young. What's happening, Zach? How's it going? We could we could warm it up with some hot cakes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, warm it up with some hot cakes. Bottom line is, Khabib's going to be taking on Justin Gates pretty soon. Is there is that a is that a, a competitive match or is that a, just another Khabib blowout? You know, it's hard to bet against Khabib just because of how how great he's been. But I do think Gates is actually really good, and I think he'll give him like probably his toughest challenge so far. I think he's proven that. Like Gates has beaten a lot of good fighters. Of course, he beat Ferguson, who Khabib e. was supposed to fight like four times, and they kept falling through for whatever reason. So, uh, I think it's the he's a live underdog. Was it Tony Ferguson? Of course, the guy that 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 threw holy water. You know, he threw holy water on his wife, right? I heard about that. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get that clip before we go to the break. But yeah, he poured holy water on his wife. His wife had to call nine one one, and she and the, the cops go to her. Hey, is he violent? What's he doing to you right now? She goes, Well, he's not really violent, but like he he stands over me in bed and pours holy water on me. That's pretty <laughs> freaky. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't want to judge if, if that's one of his kinks or something. I don't want to judge too much, but yeah, that's a little odd. <laughs> No doubt about that. So Khabib's never lost a round. I mean, as far as the American Kickboxing Academy is concerned down here in Silicon Valley where he trains, his training partners have told me he has never lost a round. I mean, he just, he refuses to lose a round whether in sparring. And I think once in a while, I've, you know, I've lost some rounds of sparring. Everybody loses rounds of sparring. That's part of the learning process. Do you think, he, is there something wrong in that? Him not losing a round, in other words, psychologically, will he get broken down if he loses a round in, in an MMA match because of the fact he's never lost a round in his life? That's a good point. I mean, we saw that kind of happen with Ronda Rousey, right? Once she lost, you know, she was kind of almost done with the sport. So, And Khabib already kind of has a foot out the door. So, uh, I mean, I know he, he he's planning on he's going to fight Gates, and then he wants to fight George St. Pierre. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if he were to lose this Gates fight, you, you might be onto something with that. If, okay. Like, he may not be want to come back after taking a loss. Okay. Speaking of taking a loss, I was pretty happy about this. I'm talking about Paula Costa, of course, the kid from Brazil, guy that starts camp at 255 pounds, makes his way down to 185. Israel Desana beat him like he owned him. Oh, yeah. How about Israel Adesanya? Speaking of, I mean, we talked about the greatness of Khabib. Israel Adesanya, that is, that's a real special fighter. What are your thoughts on, like, how he performs? 20 and 0. I mean, he's got that kickboxing pedigree. I think he's been knocked out in one professional boxing match or something like that. And that's what his detractors seem to be pointing at. But the bottom line is, man, I think the, the fact that he, he, he's, he's the perfect dirty boxer. He kicks and if, you know, he kicks you at a distance and sets you up and he beats you up with either hand and it's just, it, it's ugly boxing, but he's doing a good job of it. And I think the, obviously 20 and 0 now never lost a fight. And uh, you know, John Jones wants to fight him now. And this just shows you what John Jones is. Of course, the former 205 pound champion wants to fight a guy that fights at 185 instead of, of course, stepping up to the heavyweight division, which he's talked about for so long. But now he wants to fight Israel. Why? 
easy fight? I don't think, you know, at this stage, I really don't think that would be an easy fight for him. Like, John Jones hasn't had a, a, a really impressive performance in a while. He's been taking people to decision, and, and Israel, I mean, is riding like a really big wave right now, and he seems to be getting better fight to fight, and his striking level is uh, as high as anyone's I think we've seen in MMA. So the style bender, I think that would be a tough fight for John Jones. I do think he is. Go, he vacated his title. I think he is going to go up to heavyweight. And most likely down the line, I could see the two of them meeting at 205. Okay, but, you know, John Jones didn't want to fight Dominic Reyes in a rematch, so he gave up the title at 205 pounds. And then Dominic Reyes gets lit up like the White House Christmas tree. So, you know, John Jones, the cocaine, the time off, the steroids, all this stuff, it's got to be, it's got to take some type of toll. Yeah, I think he isn't taking the sport as seriously as he should, you know, and, and he's been given a lot of chances, and, and over time I think it's it's worn on a lot of people because this is a guy that, as it stands, a lot of people would consider maybe the greatest of all time. That's not a controversial statement. So for the greatest of all time to be representing your sport in this way, and I know we're not supposed to care about what fighters do outside of the cage, but... I mean, John Jones has just been really egregious with the stuff he's done outside of the cage to the point where it's hard not to consider that. Good point. Switching gears. Um, how come, and I used to have a talent when I worked, when I worked the corner for different Golden Glove fights and amateur fights and especially when I had kids involved, um, I always held a towel in my hand. And the reason why I had a towel in my hand is I could throw the towel in the ring. If I saw something, the referee didn't. And these referees back in my time weren't the, weren't the, uh, weren't the sharpest guys in the world. You hear what I'm saying? So you had to keep, you had to keep your eye on the referee and what was going on in the fight. Um, cause the referee would let your guy get hurt. He let him get him hit a couple times. You don't want him to get hit. So I would have the towel in my hand. In the world of mixed martial arts and, and the cage fighting, you have guys getting the snot kicked out of them. And I'm using a nice word and, and for snot instead of something else. And nobody throws in the towel. I mean, what's up with that? Once a guy's beaten, he's beaten. I, that is, I agree with you. There's no need to take that type of punishment. It, it makes somebody's career shorter, you know. It, it doesn't extend careers when people are taking the, those type of concussive blows. And I, honestly, I don't know why they don't throw the towel in more MMA fights. I think it may be just like a different cultural thing, you know. Yeah. It's also probably physically harder to get the <laughs> No, it's, Dan, the it's, it's, Dana, it's, Dana, it's Dana White, Zach. And the reason why I bring this up is that once beaten, Brian Ortega is going to be taking on the Korean Zombie next week in Dubai. And Brian Ortega, I don't want to say, I know this sounds really terrible, but after that, when, when they let him take the extra two-round beating against uh, uh, against Max Holloway when the fight was finished in the second round, they let him get beat off for another two rounds, unbelievably beating. Um, he, he almost looked like he had Down syndrome afterwards. I mean, that's how bad that beating was. And I'm not, I'm not trying to. I'm, that's just. I mean, so I think that's irre, it's irre, it's damage. It'll never ever. You know, I mean, guys take damage. Guys get hit, man. It ain't the same. You know, the residual effects. Yeah. No, no doubt. I mean, and there's no need for anyone to take that kind of damage, especially a young fighter that has a lot of time in the game left ahead of them. So I, I, we've talked about this several times. I think we're on the same page with that. Like, they need you got to put the fighter's safety first. So I'm glad that you have the towel ready, Pedro. <laughs> no, man. You know, you know why? I see, I, listen. I've seen referees, uh, it looks like they're reading the newspaper. I remember I had to run up on the ring with the, uh, when Tony Perez was a referee 
for Tommy Morrison and Ray Mercer. Ray Mercer was hitting Tommy Morrison. He must have hit him about 25 times, and it was like 1989 or 1990, and I just watched Rico Velasquez die in a ring like four or five months earlier. So you see me run up to the ring, and, and I'm screaming, running, screaming at Larry Hazard across the ring, waving my arms, Larry, stop the fight, stop the fight. And Larry Hazard jumped up on the ring and stopped the fight. But, you know, there's no guys don't need to die for combat sports, man. Yeah, that that one that you're referencing, that was that was like probably one of the worst cases I've seen of stopping a fight late. Yeah. Morrison took like so many unanswered punches in that exchange. So no, I guess it's good you were there. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt about that. Zach and Dak, how's your daughter? Oh, she's doing great. You know, all this virtual learning is is tough, but she's she's adapting. She's like her dad. She she figures out a way to adapt. Wrapping <laughs> it up with Zach Young on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Did he hurt you or your children? No, no. He's no, you're just okay. doing really just random stuff, you know, like he puts holy water on me. I don't know what's going on with him. Are you um, going to stop somewhere and meet with the police so they can talk to you? Should I go to the police station? Thank you again to Pedro for all you do, man. All you've done for me, writing for Ring Talk for years. This is my first appearance on Ring Talk, the radio show in years. I, I had to leave to when I started a job at Amazon, which in the end, I couldn't do that Amazon shit, man. They, they just have you working crazy hours and they take advantage of people. But anyway, <laughs> this Amazon is not the focus of this. Let's stay focused on the positive. Thank you, Mr. Fernandez. And I'm proud of you putting together a great radio program week in and week out. And Mr. Fernandez will appear on this show very soon. I have him on about every 10 episodes. <laughs> We've had him on three times so far, I believe. Yeah. So this would be the fourth time. And always, I mean, he's a pro. He's a pro. You hear it. You hear the quality of it, the excitement, the energy that he brings. So big Big shout out to you, Mr. Fernandez. And without further ado, man, this is an extra long sports segment, I know, but this is just, this is a great night. The Lakers, as I said, are the 2020 NBA champions. They beat the Heat in game six, destroy them for championship number 17. They are the NBA champion. I predicted this in October of last year, over a year ago. Crazy to think, or no, just about a year ago. I, predi- I predicted it October 22nd, 2019, or that's when I officially posted it. You can check my Instagram at Life in Zero Gravity for verification of that. <laughs> and man, it's just, it's, this is just a, it's a great feeling. LeBron wins the finals MVP. Four championships for LeBron with three different franchises. And man, just an incredible performance in this finals for LeBron. Triple-double tonight. A couple triple-doubles in the finals. Uh, Great performance from Anthony Davis in this finals as well. Uh, It seemed like he got hurt and he was struggling through a couple games. But overall, great performance by the two top players on the Lakers. And that's why they are the NBA champions this year. And I, you know... I just had a feeling, man. Everyone was counting them out. I'm like, I really like these signings. Rondo, that's a great signing. He had the chemistry with AD from their time together in New Orleans. You know, they signed Cousins at the time, which seemed like a great move to me. I mean, I know Cousins ended up getting hurt and it didn't work out in that way, but then they signed Dwight Howard. And I'm like, ah, Dwight Howard, 
defensive player of the year, you know, great uh, defender, finals experience. Seems like a good move to me. Everybody counted it out. Danny Green, you know, good shooter. And the Lakers did this without Avery Bradley, who sat out the bubble, understandably. I mean, I can't really blame anyone for not wanting to take the risk. We didn't know what COVID was going to be, really. And it's been much worse than I think most people thought. So, this title, I mean, this means a lot, man. And shout out Alex Caruso, the GOAT. I mean, <laughs> he stepped up big tonight. We saw playoff Rondo tonight, man. And normally I don't wait this late because I release these, you know. It, actually, this is going to come out in a couple hours. This is going to come out in about three and a half hours. So I normally don't record this shit this late, the sports segment, but. Uh, this is almost this is practically live at this point, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to to celebrating. You know, it's going to be a great time, and like this year has been so rough. It started out with with Kobe Bryant, one of my heroes, passing away, and the Lakers won this championship for Kobe. You could feel it in the air. So glad Kobe and Gigi rest in peace, rest in heaven, and man, what a great into the season for the Lakers. I just felt like they were, honestly, that was one of the factors for me was just that kind of kept my prediction going. I made the prediction in October. Kobe dies a couple months later. And I'm just like, they're not going to, LeBron's not going to lose this championship. He's not going to let this championship be lost with his friend, Kobe passing away. And I mean, I didn't even realize the relationship that AD had with Kobe, but I know everybody in the NBA looks up to Kobe, so it's understandable. I mean, he's a hero to everyone in the game because of how he played for 20 years. So, I mean, there's nothing that can replace Kobe. There's nothing that can ever, like, replace what he meant to this franchise and still means to this franchise. But winning a championship the year that he passes away is just it's poetic justice really. And it's such a fitting into really a tragic story, but Kobe is up there ecstatic right now. I just know it. Kobe and Gigi are are, are just over the moon about this. So thank you to the Lakers for pulling this off, man. Just, just great. Just a great, great feeling. Really, the first time one of my teams has won in 10 years, which was the 2010 Lakers. You know, the Dodgers haven't won. The Niners haven't won. They've been there a couple of times that haven't won. But the this year, I mean, it felt like destiny, and it was. And this, I felt like this year was turning around, and this is further evidence of it. You know, it's starting to feel better. Starting to, I'm starting to feel like myself again, and um, this certainly helps. It's just, you know... It doesn't feel real. It hasn't fully hit yet. I think it's weird, you know, this whole bubble. But I honestly, I respect this championship more than any other one. Because I think this was like the real shit. Like real, like you really had to, there's no home court advantage. So there's no real bias with the refs. It's just straight like, who's the best team? Who's the best? And I'm going to be honest, I don't even think the Lakers had the most talented roster necessarily. They had a good roster, but there are teams that had more talented overall rosters. It's just, I just felt like everything was going to click, you know? And I just felt like LeBron and AD, that's, that's like one of the best duos we've ever seen. So that, you surround them with, with some talent, and man, the sky's the limit. So 
big big shout out to everybody involved man this this just really helps put a cap on a very hard year for everybody and i think you know honestly i think a lot of fans whether you're a laker fan or not you got to be happy for the franchise after suffering such a tragic year you know this was really the only way to to salvage any sort of year you know after the you like i said you you can't replace kobe man there's no way nothing is going to make up for his loss but this is like the closest thing that you can do to to somewhat ease that pain so man i'm just i'm excited about it and honestly all other sports news feels pointless at this point but the dodgers are sweeping through the playoffs so far they beat the Brewers 2-0 and the Padres 3-0, so they're 5-0 in the postseason. This is the first time the Lakers and Dodgers are playing in the playoffs at the same time, so that's significant. That's a trip. Like, L.A. could have two championships in the same year. That's crazy to even think of, you know? So, and it really, it, I mean, honestly, it looks likely. Like, it looks like the Dodgers are probably going to win. So, this is just the ending of this year is, is coming together and, and I'm happy about that. Um, highlight reel knockouts on UFC fight Island five last night. Uh, I, you know, there was, uh, was it Buckley? I, I, I'm not even going to get into the details of it. I'm just too, I'm like, honestly too distracted, but check those out. Check out the UFC fight Island five, the card from last night. If you didn't see it, highlight reel KOs worth watching, uh, man, Rest in peace again to Kobe, and that's KZRO Sports for the week, man. That's all I got to say. Thank you, Lakers. And now let us read from the book of Grav. <clears throat> Chowder's little cupcakes, the easy bakes. For Jesus' sakes, they stay squeezing Drake's nuts and say they relate, repeat and takes. I guess they relate to being fake. Giant heist, y'all just paid them to steal. They don't relate, they're afraid of the real. I keep it funky, they keep it junky. Mine's well crafted, their flow's cheap and clunky. It's obvious, it's monotonous. It's got me pissed, but it's not a diss. I'm just tired of this dumbing down other sound every time they're coming around. Y'all eat up oversaturated hacks. No wonder that you hated Zach. Food for the soul in a world of fast food. Barely hear my thoughts swirl with bad moods. I'm knocking out all bums. I invite you to battles. I doubt y'all come. This just feels like a million bucks. I'm still chilling and grilling fucks. I'm knocking out all bums. Inviting you to battles. I doubt y'all come. This just feels like a million bucks. I'm still chilling and grilling fucks. And that is our show, you know, KZRO. <laughs> 11 11 on your ZM dial. Man, shout out to Pedro Fernandez once again. Pedro Fernandez. <laughs> shout out to Los Lakers <laughs> and the Lakers. Shout out, man. Just big. I'm just happy as fuck right now. This is a good way to end the night. Good way to end the weekend. Uh, I, I've been feeling better than I felt all year already for like the last month. And I, I 
was a tough, it was a tough couple of days, but I feel amazing right now. And um, just everything's looking bright, looking forward to the future. There's just so many possibilities. I just want to make it happen, man. Uh, there's just so much to do. So much. I'm going to get back in the studio again, hit you with some new jams. I got some, I got an old school for you on the way out of here. Yeah, man. Um, I'm really looking forward to what what the next little while has in store. I'm going to hit you with that parallel lines off of Life in Zero Gravity 1. That's our closing track. Um, this was a love episode. Plenty of love to go around this episode. More to love, as they say. <laughs> so I'm excited, man. Um, just feeling good. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Peace and love. Parallel lines, we won't never cross. We still love each other, but at what cost? On the same plane, going the same direction. In two different lanes, with no intersection. Parallel lines. So close, but you're so far away. No hope for us, that Mars today. I'm Mars today, you must be Venus Earth's in our way, cause I rush to see us As more than friends, so the war begins Not to be morbid, but torment wins Mortal sins, I'm immortal though Feels warped again, where'd the portal go? It was immoral, you tore the soul Out my body, it was yours to hold For sure the goal was to make you happy Earth between us, need a breakthrough badly Instead we broke up and the lines are drawn Parallel, same plane I can't Parallel find you Parallel lines, we won't never cross We still love each other, but at what cost? In the same plane, going the same direction In two different lanes, with no intersection Parallel lines We used to be so perpendicular Hit you up, nothing particular But over time it got trickier Changed angles after how thick we were You slid right, right as I slid left And we both slid down, although my skid's deaf Now our fortune shifted, lines going skyward Traffic in your lane was slow and I heard Been showing my nerd side to no avail Do you think of us? Have you told the tale? It's old and stale now, that story's played Attention deficit, so more he paid See, I can't even get that sentence out correctly Which I know you noticed, you were always about to check me We could've worked, as you know him very well Instead, our lives will keep going parallel Parallel lines We won't never cross We still love each other But at what cost? On the same plane Go in the same direction Into different lanes With no intersection Parallel lines Another smooth track for the ladies Parallel lines We are of course unparalleled here On KZRO And up next, speaking of unparalleled We got a track for the most special lady of all Star Princess